Saudi Arabia's Vision 2030 to reduce its dependence on oil is full of ambition. But when is the work going to start? Joining me is Dr. Robert Eid from Arab National Bank. Dr. Eid, let's start with the context. Why does Saudi Arabia need Vision 2030? Saudi Arabia witnessed a significant expansion in the past 10 years. It is now one of the largest economies. Yet, it's still heavily reliant on oil and on government spending. Current spending amounts to $200 billion a year. With $700 billion in GDP, assuming status quo in fiscal and economic policy all the way to 2030, and oil to recover $200 a barrel, the foreign currency reserves of Saudi Arabia will shrink from $700 billion US dollars in 2015 to just $100 billion. That's the reason why a Vision 2030 is needed. So what are the key themes of Vision 2030? One is about certain social targets. For instance, employment of ladies within the uh, labor force is to increase from 22% to 30%. Life expectancy is to increase from 74 years currently to 80 years. There are many other objectives like SMEs to increase from 20% contribution to GDP to 35%. Reliance on oil is to reduce significantly as evidenced by a target to increase or to build a sovereign wealth fund reaching 7 trillion US dollars. The flotation of Aramco is likely to contribute significantly to this. Oil prices at the moment are significantly lower than the target you hope they'll reach by the end of 2030. So Saudi Arabia is very much in a austerity period right now. How are you going to manage that transition? The transition is being tackled on two parallel fronts. One, debt raising, and two, fiscal adjustment. The debt raising, again, is two-pronged. The government has embarked on a borrowing program since August 2015 in local currency, Saudi Riyal, and it has raised so far around $70 billion equivalent of local bonds. In parallel, it's planning to launch a foreign currency debt issue bond, which will be a debut bond, expected to be in the size of 10 to 15 billion US dollars. So this is one aspect to tackle the transition. The other aspect is fiscal adjustment. After a plethora of gigantic projects launched in the past 10 years, now we are in a phase where there is a scarcity of new projects and existing ones are being extended, rescheduled, so as to ease the pressures on the fiscal balance. Interest rates have increased, which has caused a decoupling with dollar interest rates. After this initial phase of adjustment, the financial sector will be on a more uh, level playing field as we will see opportunities arising from Vision 2030, uh, 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 reducing the impact of this transitional period. Tell me more about the financial sector. How are Saudi Arabia's banks prepared to deal with this period? Challenges caused by this transition period are manifold. One, the general risk profile of the corporate fabric will be affected. The liquidity squeeze, in a way, but also there'll be opportunities arising. The focus on SMEs, the privatization, the public-private partnership, all these present opportunities. And therefore, there'll be a balance between challenges that banks are very well prepared to meet and opportunities that will come gradually as the transition period is over. But overall, Saudi banks and Arab National Bank are very well capitalized, very well regulated, 
and are very profitable by local, regional and international standards. Dr. Reid, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for watching. You can find out more about Vision 2030 at worldfinance.com and please subscribe for more industry updates from the GCC as well as all the latest insights from World Finance.